This week's episode of the Cloudcast is brought to you by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, Dave and welcome to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from DockerCon here in Barcelona. Uh, first of all, huge thank you to the Docker folks for having us again as a media sponsor. Today we have Alexis Richardson, co-founder and CEO of WeaveWorks. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aaron. So, for those that aren't familiar with you, give us a, give us a quick background on both yourself and and WeaveWorks. Uh, I, I'm particularly interested in the the, the RabbitMQ oh, really? <laughs> background a little bit. I was that was fascinating to me. Um, okay, uh, well, let's start with WeaveWorks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a VC-backed company, backed by Axel, founded in July of last year, so we're still pretty young as a company. Yeah, absolutely. We have 18 staff in total, including a San Francisco team of three right now, sometimes four or five when, when people <laughs> visit. And we also have a European team, um, mostly in London, some in Berlin. Uh, myself, um, my last job was at Pivotal. I was very much involved in all kinds of interesting projects there. I ran as product manager the Spring and VFabric businesses. Um, VFabric is the commercial wing of the app business. Plus, did all the stuff to move Spring into the new era of computing. Because mm-hmm. um, it had kind of got a bit stale with the old J2E versus Spring debates. No one cared about that anymore. <laughs> and looked after Rabbit, MQ, and Redis was one of mine, and Tomcat and WebServer were also oh, wow. part of that whole yeah. portfolio. Very broad background then. And then before that, I was at VMware, before the spin-out into Pivotal. Um, was involved in some of the early thinking around Cloud Foundry, was part of one of the... Cloud Foundry went through many, many stages at VMware before it got, got into yes. Pivotal. <laughs> yes, it did. And I had some quite intimate involvement in some of those stages. And I also was part of the team that looked at whether we should team up with OpenStack at VMware. Uh, I came to VMware because of my company, Rabbit, getting acquired. I was the CEO and co-founder there, too. Um, RabbitMQ was, you know, the, the MySQL of messaging, mm-hmm. um, providing a enterprise-quality but developer-friendly tool for doing what people used to use IBM MQ Series and Tibco for. And I think really opening up the market for distributed systems and showing a new way to do open source, make money at the same time. Sure. And before that, I founded a company now called Cohesive Networks with three other people. It was originally called Cohesive FT. It was a super early kind of elastic paths thing. And that wasn't even my first company. I've done a few few before that. Um, yep. Serial, serial co-founder then. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, since we are at DockerCon, um, we'll, we'll get more into to Weave here in a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about state of Docker today, Start uh, state of the Docker ecosystem and networking. So 2015 has been the year of containers going into production at, at some scale. Um, the... The thing that's driving that is primarily developers adopting them, but then operations teams realizing that it's not so much of a problem to have containers in your business. The commercial product manifestation of this, the really important one thing you need to remember is you need a container service. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone's going to sell. And these are platforms, like vSphere was a platform. Docker is launching today, I believe, the universal control plane, they're calling it. Mm-hmm. That's a container service. Okay. That is on-premise compared to Amazon ECS, and I think you can also run it in the cloud. I can't tell you whether it's ready for use yet. I know it was announced today, but that's, the point is that's where they're going. Sure. So you will, you will buy from Docker, 
number one, the trusted registry, which is where you house your containers in, in a repository, um, and number two, a place to run them. And that's the container service. Mm-hmm. And that really is, you know, it's a, a, you can see it as a disruption in the VMware play. Yep. You know, it's going to run on VMware, but ultimately it's going to sit as a layer above it and replace the need for all of that functionality in the virtualization layer, just as virtualization ultimately made hardware seem like just part of the furniture. Yep. So it's the same thing happening all over again. The difference between Docker and VMware is more or less you can run Docker containers anywhere. Whereas VMware, you could only run on VMware. Right. But then you had choice in terms of hardware. Um, Now you have a standard in terms of containers and the container service to run them and choice in terms of where you deploy it, whether it's Amazon or Azure or Google or an on-premise. And the battle is between who's going to be the main service provider for that. Is it going to be an on-premise game with Docker ahead or VMware doing something? Is it going to be Amazon ahead with with ECS or something else? Sure. And everybody else is either competing with those guys, providing their own platform, which I think is an acquisition player only, really, or um, they're doing something on the side. And sorry, actually, there's another exception, which is the platform going higher up the value chain. Mm-hmm. So players like Cloud Foundry sure. um, offering a PaaS that would be on top of a container service. Yep. And then this whole structured sort of complete stack all rolled up into one for you. AppSera is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rancher, it could be put into that into that bucket. If you look at what they're doing, you see a lot of apps running on containers rather than focus on the container service itself. Yep. Um, and then there's companies like ourselves who are focused on things like monitoring and management. Mm-hmm. So for every generation of um, application runtimes, you have a generation of tools around them. Yep. And those tools are typically infrastructure, you know, storage, networking, et cetera, or you know, value add around management and security. So uh, we started off doing only networking. Right, yeah, that was actually was going to be my next question. Is it, yeah. it, you, it was interesting to hear you say that because most people associate Weave with WeaveNet. Yeah, we actually have three products. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so tell everyone because it's probably a really well kept secret. <laughs> unfortunately, it's not right? secret. It's been on our homepage for a while. But no, seriously, it's we have um, three different products um, that are at different stages in their evolutionary cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea is each one is great on its own, and each one is even more awesome used together. Yep. But you don't have to use one if you're using one or the others. So Scope is monitoring and visualization for containers, container visibility. And Run is microservices router, which we've been working on for a while. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to release now. Load balancing, service discovery, and so on. Uh, and WeaveNet, of course, which sure. uh, gives you all of these things um, as well, like uh, networking and SDN that developers can use, service discovery that sits on top of that, and automatic address management and a few other things like right. uh, encryption and so on. Sure, sure. And, you know, we found that containers and networking go really great together, mm-hmm. but they're not the whole story. Right, right. And, and and help us a little bit with that, because probably one of the most common questions that I get is there is confusion of there is so many products out there. And even within Docker, there is so many different products or projects. Help everyone out a little bit with with how does everything kind of fit together within right. this ecosystem? You know, if you if you were to create an ecosystem that is the Docker, 
you know, WeaveWorks ecosystem. So I, I wrote a blog post for the new stack a few weeks ago mm-hmm. called the Post Amazon Challenge. And ah, stack. okay. Well, well, I'll dig it up and put it in There's the There's a stack on there, which I doubt. think is a pretty good approximation, which has automated infrastructure at the bottom, mm-hmm. which is things like Amazon Cloud, VMware data centers, with a whole layer of tooling on top to deploy sure. things. And then a middle layer called the Container Service, which is a standard runtime for containerized apps cloud native applications that can run anywhere and finally on top value-added domain specific tools like a PaaS, for example or netflix oss microservices toolkit or something to do with data perhaps or data services and that is a simple model but i think it's the correct one now the first thing you need to ask if you come across a new product is are they one of these things right or are they trying to roll up all of these things so I mentioned before um, Pivotal Cloud Foundry and Absera, good examples of trying to combine elements of multiple layers into one product. Um, that's a good thing to do if you talk to customers who need one throat to choke. Yes. Typically bigger customers. Yes. With more complex needs. Um, there's another approach which is much more unstructured, unopinionated, where you choose one of each layer. So you might say, I'm going to run on Amazon, but I'm going to use a Kubernetes as my container service, not ECS. And then I'm going to run, I don't know, Python apps on top of that, or Python and Spring apps, for example. That's another way to go. But that easily fits into the model. If you go downstairs and wander around the, the trade floor here, you need to say, how many of these people are doing a container service fundamentally, or a, or a layer on top of that? And a lot of them are doing that. So, And then the first thing, the way to find out is to find out, are they trying to do everything? As soon as you hear that somebody needs every single piece of the stack in their product, they are trying to do everything. And that's, a pla- <laughs> that's called a platform sure. play. Sure. And then you've got people who are much more specific to, to functions like ourselves. So we've found that networking is a spectacular enabler of microservices and a really good thing to focus on when doing monitoring and management because a lot of the things you need to think about when managing a microservices app are in the network. But that doesn't mean that's the whole story. Right. It just means you need a good network there. So you know, if, if somebody's doing something like monitoring and management, that means they're not a platform player and they're off to the side adding value, orthogonally additional value. Yep. And, and it, you actually, you mentioned it earlier. I just want to, to pick your brain a little bit too. So a lot of people are trying to understand too, um, where does, where does core OS and Kubernetes fit into all of this, whether it's into WeaveWorks specifically or, or again, into this bigger picture kind of things, you know, you hear a lot of talk on the floor of, of talking to cus- or talking to the vendors here and they're like, Oh yeah, we, you, we absolutely work with Docker. Oh, and we work with Kubernetes, you know, and they, they mm-hmm. kind of make sure to throw that in there. And so it's that's almost because, become the, you know, yeah. the, the swarm swap out and replacement, but I don't know that that's correct, right? There's definitely some overlap, but then there's also complementary as well. You could run swarm as an API on top of Kubernetes or even have a combined implementation, no question. But I think today they're better thought of as alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where it goes in the future. I think there's a very strong will in the containers community for these things to converge. Yes. There was actually talk in the like, Docker Futures session yesterday yeah. about, about that. If Docker can make money out of a universal control plane, they won't care whether the open source piece is entirely Swarm, entirely Kubernetes, or some horrible beast made out of both. But uh, <laughs> yep. Kubernetes and Swarm are a container service as well. The universal control plane is a commercial product they've advertised this morning, um, the commercial packaging around those open source layers. In their case, I'm sure around, around Docker Swarm with some Tudum commercial stuff coming in. <laughs> Kubernetes is an alternative container service. It has some different features. It has more support maybe for large-scale operations perhaps than is in Docker Swarm today. 
you can run Kubernetes wherever you like. If you run it on WeaveNet, by the way, it's super easy to run it wherever you like. <laughs> yes. And you can monitor it using scope. It's really cool. You should try that. But it is a container service, and that's why you're going to use it. It's a platform. But it's open source, and it's, it's missing some of the things maybe that some customers will want. So there are companies springing up around it, like Chorus and Kismatic, and Red Hat with OpenShift, which embeds Kubernetes, and Deus are embedding Kubernetes, and WSO2 embed Kubernetes in their Stratos platform. Uh, you know, all of these guys are saying, we're going to add more value around the core Kubernetes engine to give you a bigger platform. And so, number one, they're all platform plays. Number two, they're embedding the Kubernetes container service. CoreOS specifically, they also go down the stack because they have some of the OS tooling that you might need. Um, that's part of their delivery model. And they obviously have these special purpose services like etcd right. and Flannel, which are um, coordination and networking respectively. Normally, these are individual services you need within. If you peer inside what's going on behind the scenes in a container service, you'll see things like etcd or Weave all being part of the, the fabric. But, you know... Many customers don't necessarily want to use those individually. Right. And some do and some don't. You know, sure. you've got to cater to all of these things. Yep. So the market is segmented more or less among the people who want to do it themselves, people who want to do some of it themselves, and people who want someone else to do it all. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so we're, we're kind of out of time for, for today. Um, Alexis, where can everyone find out more about both you and, and WeaveWorks and, and, of course, the entire product portfolio and, and what you guys have going on? Please go to our website, http colon slash slash weave.works, and take a look, and please get in touch. Fantastic. All right. So, Alexis, thank you for your time. Thank you, Aaron. Everyone, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.